Hello everyone, welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government in the town of Shrewsbury. During today's episode, we're gonna cover the Shrewsbury public drinking water system, including improvements that we've made over the years and the plans that the town has for the future when it comes to our water system. We'll be joined by Dan Riley, uh, Superintendent of Water and Sewer. I'm Kevin Mizikar, Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by Communications Coordinator, Taylor Galusha. Taylor, welcome to season two of the Town Manager Download. We made it. We made it. Season two, our contracts were renewed for this We didn't get endeavor. caught or recast. That's right. So we're going to uh, be making a few minor changes to the podcast on the days that uh, they launch to try to keep things a little, mm -hmm. the content a little more fresh, uh, just shorten the, the lead cycle. So hopefully that works out better for us as we pursue things over the course of the year, but happy to be in fiscal year 24 and moving forward with the strategic plan, the town manager download and a number of other initiatives that we'll be working our way through over the course of the next few months. So. Fun stuff planned as projects that started last year start to wrap up. So got some good content coming. What's been happening outside of Shrewsbury for you? Oh. Well, we had 4th of July weekend two weeks ago. Nothing has happened <laughs> <laughs> since that. Um, I went hiking up at the Purgatory State Reservation. I think it's in Sutton. Mm -hmm. um, that was super fun. Uh, Saturday morning active. No, I didn't because I know good. how to read well, and good. follow a trail sign, just which is just colors. So I guess you don't need to know how to read <laughs> all the trails. If you can see colors. Oh, you probably have some yeah, trouble I would get lost. This. I would get lost. Um, Asso got to stop by the Shrewsbury Country Shop, had like a small business event that weekend as well. Um, they had like a free gelato stand outside lots of cute stuff in the store so it was yeah. nice supporting local business in my <laughs> off time that's awesome um yeah just hung out summer activities it's been hot it, it has been hot and swampy yeah what about you it's rain yes. we took the big trip down to disney we're down there for several days uh got to spend time with my kids and wife erin and um my kids' dance studio went down and they spent time with some Disney dance instructors, which my girls loved a lot because they yeah. talked about how they worked their way into being a Disney cast member and performer. And then we actually saw the gentleman that was their teacher on the big stage at the Magic Kingdom. Oh, wow. Afternoon performance. So it was pretty cool. So they got to perform at the Disney Springs stage and... Mm -hmm. It was interesting being down there with uh, having a lot of their friends there. That's not something that, you know, you're used to seeing people out and about and around, but it was really cool for them to be able to go on rides and do things. And... Did you get ditched? Nope, because I'm the virtual cube master. So if you wanted to ride <laughs> Tron or Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy, you had to stick with Dad. So That's the way to keep them. Yeah. got to keep your power positions <laughs> well in play. So... Ella celebrated her 14th birthday a couple days ago, so another another fun birthday celebration mm -hmm. for her after we got back. Um, so yeah, so things have been pretty good, pretty summer-like. So I know you were a major contributor to a uh, winner of a loser's bracket kickball. 
So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I play kickball in my free time <laughs> um, with one of my coworkers in the TM office. Uh, we play in Worcester with the Club Waka <laughs> program, and it's honestly a lot of fun. I didn't think I could have this much fun playing kickball um, past like middle school. <laughs> so no, it's a good time, good exercise, lots of fun people. Um, I we actually played in a tournament this weekend in Worcester, and I oh. managed to cleat myself. Um, so I have a big bruise on my leg from trying to catch. Uh, you don't ball. have to share everything no. here, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can embarrass myself a little bit, just humanize. Yeah, <laughs> but no, super things. fun. Yeah. So I was out for a while, uh, a week or so. But what's been going on in the Shrew? So much has been going on in the Shrew. No, no summer lull here. We had the farmer's market that kicked off a few weeks ago um, every Wednesday at the senior center um, in the parking lot from 2.30 to 6.30. It's been fun walking around after work with our normal like office tradition to go check out all the vendors um, and just hang out, which is nice and just a nice little stroll after yeah. work. We had the food trucks on Thursdays, which another office <laughs> tradition just to go check out the food trucks. Um, four to four to eight, and that's always super fun seeing everybody hanging out um, in front of town hall with their picnic blankets and kids playing frisbee and everything. So I don't know, just good vibes outside of town hall on Thursdays. Yeah. Um, the town also transitioned to a new billing system for residents to pay their tax bills and their water and sewer bills. Um, through the City Hall Systems um, platform. Um, residents can access it um, through multiple ways, either through hot buttons on the homepage on the website or just visiting shrewsburyma.gov slash ebilling. Um, people need to re-sign up for their auto pay that they used to use um, through Unipay, but um, I've played around with the system a little bit, trying to set things up and um, it seems pretty easy to navigate, and I think having everything in one convenient place will make residents' lives a lot easier. They can pay over the phone now, which is a question we get all the time via credit card. Um, so lots of new new uh, conveniences for residents in that area. Yeah, there will be some enhancements over our prior online payment portal, you'll be able to do more, you'll be able to see more data mm -hmm. and information. Uh, we'll be moving to more of an account-based system yep. so you can access historical information about your property and actually uh, sign up for e-billing completely. The select board voted for that, so uh, it is an option for residents to no longer receive uh, certain bills in the mail, so um, residents can explore that. I know it's pretty much going where people already are from how we conduct business. We're happy to do that uh, through this new platform, and I think it'll be a good new initiative. But it isn't really important. I think the biggest thing to emphasize from your comments, Taylor, is that folks will need to re-sign yes. up if they had auto pay or something like that. So it's a whole new portal, a whole new system, and uh, please go to shrewsburyma.gov slash ebilling to re-engage with us on that platform and hopefully send us your feedback or let us know uh, your experience with it. Yep, um, and while you were, yeah, no, you weren't out for the first one, but um, did a few presentations with the select board regarding the communication strategic plan on the mm -hmm. June 13th, and then 
Um, we provided a town side of the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging update at the June 27th meeting at the beginning. So um, both pretty informational presentations, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Um, and just kind of keeping residents up to date on just the work we've been doing behind the scenes. Um, and lastly, but not leastly, not least importantly, <laughs> um, our new episode drop day will be Thursdays. So okay. every other Thursday instead of every other Tuesday. Again, just to improve that turnaround time. Right, so, so. we'll be recording Mondays and dropping Thursdays yep. rather than, we're bringing things to folks more promptly. Yep, shout out Mark. And not leastly. Not leastly. That's right. <laughs> All right, so we have a lot to talk about. It's always a uh, really in-depth um, matter for residents of Shrewsbury. When we talk about water quality, we've made a lot of changes, a lot of improvements over the years. We're gonna dive into history and overview and things like that, and then we'll have our guest. It's been a while since we've had a guest, so yeah. it'll be nice to our guest right. today. we will. All right. So, uh, Shrewsbury's been in the in the water business for quite some time. Uh, we've we've had a municipal owned water utility. Um, we are servicing nearly every resident, but not all residents. There are certainly a handful of of properties in town that still are serviced by a private well. But we have over eleven thousand service connections and over two hundred miles of water mains in the community. So we. Um, put a lot of resources and have a really dedicated and skilled uh, set of professionals that manage our uh, water system on a day-to-day -day basis. So we really look to dive in in this conversation today and talk about the things that we've done recently with the water system and where we're headed in the future. Something that's really in the national news, maybe way more often than it should be, but um, we have a lot of responsibility in providing clean drinking water, and you hear about it all the time across the the news, uh, the national news about communities that struggle with doing that. Fortunately, we're not one of them, but um, that's why we have to invest and make the improvements that we always do, and it's something that's really important to us and, and has been in the community for ever since we started in the early 1900s. So um, I look forward to this conversation and having uh, Dan rally and to, to talk about these things. Yeah, we've made like a lot of improvements over the last several years. I think the, like I would say the kickoff point of that was probably the home farm water treatment plant in 2018 when it was finished being built. But obviously that project started a few years before um, the, the plant was able to open. Um, the water division has worked hard on like um, putting the unidirectional flushing program on a reoccurring schedule and they completed their first round, I think in the end of 2021, um, which was super exciting for them. And I know they went through the same exercises with the flushing program um, this past spring. Um, we always replace a certain amount of water main each year. Um, it's something Mr. Rowley will be able to talk about a little bit more in detail. And then looking towards the future, we have the PFOS plant um, water treatment plant that will be another um, treatment improvement that we're making. So kind of continuing to take care of our infrastructure um, and doing what we need to to maintain what we have. There, 
So we've talked a lot about the town managers, select board, uh, selectmen, uh, form of government that we have in Shrewsbury. And it's really interesting to me because in 1953, when that legislation was passed as the, the charter mm -hmm. governance model for Shrewsbury, um, nearly everything that had been kind of in default uh, providing in governance to the select board was really parceled out to the town manager or the select board or another body um, versus other communities where uh, in the absence of addressing something through a charter or other special legislation, everything in default stays to the select board. Um, so what I find interesting is that the select board um, at the time reserved the right to being the water commissioner to themselves. And that's really one of the only things that uh, remained under the general executive in their purview. Mm -hmm. you know, so we have our own sewer commission and um, you know, Board of Health obviously is standalone. Um, where in a lot of other in light commission and a lot of other communities, more than one of those things have remained under the control or the authority of the select board. So, um, but here in Shrewsbury, uh, the select board has retained um, the road commissioner and water commissioner uh, responsibilities. Uh, so that means uh, the elected executive has the final authority, of course, well supported by Dan and his staff and uh, DPW team in setting water rates and, and making um, the major investment decisions and ensuring uh, the operation of the water system. So ultimately that f uh, falls to the select board, but I mean, that was the main point that I wanted to you know, keep in play here was that the board at that time, even though they're parceling out most of the rest of the responsibilities for the community uh, retain that special authority as water commissioners for themselves, which I think given um, the matters that we're gonna face and we have faced and how complex they are, that, that yeah. uh, feels right to me and how they manage that and, and kept that authority. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about how things work on a day-to-day -day basis um, as we move forward, but um, I think it's probably just good to have Dan come in and begin the conversation with him about um, how we operate the water system and what it means to be a water and sewer and superintendent. Yeah, and I'll plug before that, that we still take resident questions and topic ideas from, with season two starting, we yep. gotta, we gotta solicit um, more ideas and questions from the community. Um, those can be emailed to tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. Um, we've received a few emails over the last uh, few months, but um, we'd love to hear what you all want to hear about, hear us talk about as we move our way through all the different departments and everything. It'll be good to see um, what residents are missing or yeah. want to hear about. Yeah, any department, any topic, we're willing to entertain it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of entertaining, we'll bring the ever-lively Dan <laughs> Rowley into the town manager download. So we're happy to welcome into the studio, Dan Rowley, Superintendent of Water and Sewer. Dan, welcome to the Town Manager Download. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're happy to have you and dive into one of the most widely discussed topics in town, which is water. We really uh, have the ability to serve nearly every resident uh, in town through our water system with over 11,000 different service connections. and. Um, obviously, one of the most important things that we do um, for the public health and safety of the community is provide a reliable drinking water source. 
Um, so we're really excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So uh, what we like to do with every guest on the episode is just talk about your career path into local government, how long you've been with the town, how did you find your way into this career path, and um, any advice that you may have for anyone who, who might be interested. So that's a great question. I would say uh, my career path into local government is by chance. Okay. Uh, simply because my, my first job in high school, I was working for the uh, now closed Whalen Park, working in the grounds department, and just grew a love of, of construction and grounds. And through, through college, I worked for a landscaper, graduated in 2001 with a bachelor's degree in management leadership, and was just applying for jobs and happened to apply to the town of Townsend as a Parks and Cemetery foreman, and um, was given that job and was there for several years. Um, moved over to the water department in Townsend for a bit of time, and then an opportunity in Shrewsbury opened up back in 2005. And I spent about 10 years with the town of Shrewsbury, working as a parks and cemetery foreman and then the highway foreman, before taking a little little leave to go uh, to the town of Concord to be the highway and ground superintendent. And then was very excited in 2019 when the water and sewer superintendent opportunity opened up and I was uh, given the chance to come back to Shrewsbury. Yeah, that's great. So um, talk a little bit about your team that you work with here in Shrewsbury on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, how many employees do you have? Um, who, who do you report to? Um, who's on your leadership team? All those good things. Sure. So um, under the DPW umbrella, I report to Jeff Howland, the DPW director. And um, as a superintendent, I have two assistant superintendents. I have Joe Kenny, who is our assistant superintendent of operations, who oversees the day-to-day -day operations of the water and wastewater systems um, out throughout the town. And then I have an assistant superintendent uh, for the treatment plant, who is um, solely responsible for the treatment plant, the water storage tanks, and the boosters. We have one water treatment plant operator, who um, is the key person in um, also running the treatment plant and keeping that running. Um, and then we have um, a number of field staff broken out into water technicians who are more licensed individuals. We have three at that level. And then we have eight water and sewer laborers who are um, anywhere from entry level to um, you know, a handful of years of experience mm -hmm. working and getting licenses. Uh, we have one engineering field inspector who helps oversee our construction projects a program manager who assists in um, supporting all the different programs that we have. Um, and then we also are supported by the business management division of, of DPW, who works with us on all of the, the service calls that come in, helping those get out to the field staff, billing, all the service requests that we have. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So um, we have a, a highly knowledgeable audience that listens to the town manager download all, uh, all the time. I just wanted to clarify. So treatment plants we have a water treatment plant that we operate ourselves is it, so when you're referring to treatment plant is that is that what you're referring solely to solely drinking water okay yes solely drinking water um all of our wastewater we have a collection system with 38 sewer pump stations and 165 miles of main the most of the flow goes to the regional facility in westboro okay and then we do have a bit of flow from the route 20 corridor in the upper um, north western corner of the the town that go to the upper Blackstone treatment facility. The town of Shrewsbury had a wastewater treatment plant up until the 1980s before it um, closed and then sent the flow outside of town. Interesting. So um, sewer sounds like a completely separate episode. So we'll, we'll 
see if we can work out a contract for you to come back and talk sewer one time. Love to. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> so we'll stick to water today. Um, so I know Shrewsbury's been in the water business for a long time. Do you know exactly when we started? 1905. 1905. Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so that even predates Selco, I believe. It may. Yeah, yeah. by a couple of years predates Selco. So the first major utility was water for the town. And uh, here we are today with that. Uh, crew of employees and, and yourself that, that service, you know, all, all the residents within the, within the community. So talk a little bit about the system, Dan, generally speaking, uh, you know, how much, um, how many, how much in water mains, how many miles of water mains do we have, you know, how does the system operate? So Shrewsbury has a, a fairly complex water system. Um, we have one, one water treatment plant in the northwest corner of town eight gravel pack wells that all go through that treatment facility before entering the distribution system. And given the topography of Shrewsbury, we have three different pressure zones, which are driven by the elevation of the town. Um, and we have three booster stations that will take water from our low elevation area, our low service area, and we'll move it into uh, what we call the reduced high and the high. And um, we have six water storage tanks. We can store just about 6 million gallons of water. And um, we have a little over 200 miles of main and 11,563 service connections, serving about 95% of the town with town water. So how much water is that on the average day? So it depends on the seasonal demand this time of year with the rain, which mm -hmm. um, certainly helps keep the demand down we average somewhere around 4.1 to 4.2 million gallons of water. When we get into the, the winter time and the spring season um, before temperatures rise, we're probably in the neighborhood of 3.6 to 3.7 million gallons of water a day. Okay. So let's talk about the treatment plant itself. So we have a, a really modern new facility that's located uh, in town, uh, northeast, uh, excuse me, northwest corner of the town. Um, that water treatment plant has been in place since 2018. Is that the first treatment plant that we, we've had within the community or, or when? So that is the second treatment plant we had. We had one built in the early 1990s and the objective of that treatment plant was to remove VOCs from the water, which were a, an issue back then that have since relieved themselves. Okay. Um, and at that time they were chlorinating with chlorine gas and adjusting the pH with KOH and fluoridating in that treatment plant. Okay. And now the, the 2018 treatment plant was set up for a completely different reason, is that right? So it, 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 include, it now includes biologically removing manganese, which was an issue for the town um, for many years. And um, so through a series of four pressure vessels or big um, it's containers or, or big... Um, vats. That's, um, <laughs> the, the water is filtered and the manganese is removed to non-detect levels. Okay, so when you say biological, does that mean there's live organisms actually within those vessels? That, yes, that is right. Interesting. And they oxidize the manganese into a, a, a solid form that can be filtered through a granular filter. Yeah, I know whenever um, I first started in 2017 and then 
up until we got this treatment plant up and operating and, and started to do unidirectional flushing, we, we had a lot of water quality issues from, a, from an appearance standpoint. It you know, certainly was safe to drink, but was often discolored. And um, with this really modern approach, I know that we've been very successful in removing the manganese and through unidirectional flushing, eliminating it from our distribution system. So uh, what else happens at that? treatment plant? So um, in addition to removing the manganese, we also adjust the pH with potassium hydroxide. We, we fluoridate, we um, disinfect with sodium hypochlorite, and um, we add a liquid polyphosphate to, um, for corrosion control. Mm -hmm. So it sounds pretty complicated, like a lot of chemistries involved. What, what do the operators do down there on a day-to-day -day basis? So um, there's a number of uh, different tests they have to run on the water every day. Um, they, they, and we also, in addition to their work, we also have inline analyzers that around the clock monitor the entire um, operation of the treatment plant and, and um, through a computerized system will alert operators if there's an issue. Um, but our, our folks will, um, they will run tests for the pH, a chlorine residual, uh, fluoride uh, residual, um, and then just keep a, a very close eye on the operation of the plant. The filters that we use for the manganese removal do need to be backwashed, and that's done, um, it's, it's initiated manually. One of the operators does that, but it's an automated system. Okay. So are you familiar with the, did you ever work in the, the prior treatment plant? No, I did not. I was in there like one time. I remember it being completely different than the current plan. Yeah. How it looks and feels and of course, what it is that we do there. So um, it's a really uh, modern facility. Uh, we have a major solar array out in front of it, which I know helps uh, reduce the, the climate impact um, of it. Any details on that? It does. Um, it generates about a third um, of a month of energy over the course of a year. That okay. was built on the existing, uh, the, the former treatment plant foundation as a way mm -hmm. to um, minimize construction debris by taking that foundation out. It was just capped and then um, the solar array was, was made to fit in there. So it's uh, certainly help, it's helping to offset a little bit. Interesting. Um, so as we talked a little bit about uh, whenever we brought the 2018 treatment plant online, the, the, the next major initiative to go along with our water and a quality improvement program was a unidirectional flushing program. So can you talk a little bit about what unidirectional flushing is and uh, how that program has turned out? Yes, yeah, so unidirectional flushing, unlike traditional flushing where you just go open a hydrant where you think may be appropriate, it's an engineered program. So we have, um, the, the town was divided into 12 different zones and we have books that show exactly how the mains need to be um, isolated, so crews will go out and close different valves in um, areas to get the water to go one direction through the system. And they typically will start at the largest mains and then work their way down to the smaller mains to get higher velocity velocities. And in the end, you know that the area that you flushed is clean versus the traditional way you may or may not have removed mm -hmm. um, whatever was in the lines. Um, it's definitely a lot more labor intensive but the ultimate payout, I think, is definitely worth it. Sure. Just seeing our results. Yeah, the results have been remarkable. Um, the number of water quality co we complaints that we have has, you know, gone down 
not non-existent, but pretty close to a comparison to what we were dealing with in 2019 and, and even the early part of 2020 before your team took this initiative on. So we talked about um, where we get the water from, from the gravel packed wells, it gets treated at the treatment plant and then put out through the distribution system. Um, what else gets done behind the scenes that residents might be interested in when it comes to the water system? So there's a, there's a lot of different things that our staff d does that I don't know um, everybody is aware of. Um, you know, our operations staff uh, in Shrewsbury, we own the, the piece of every, the service for residential homes from the main to the curb stop. And so with 11,500 of those connections, um, we have a crew that is repairing those on a constant basis. And um, that seems to take up a bit of time. We also, um, any new connections for water and sewer as well as repairs are all permitted through our um, online permitting system and our field staff will go out and actually inspect the work that is done to ensure it meets our specifications. Um, we also um, conduct, conduct quarterly uh, billing. So every month we actually will read the whole town but we bill a quarter. So we have staff that does that. We have a number of real estate transactions on any given day in Shrewsbury. So uh, we have staff that will go out and get a final reading from a uh, remote final reading from um, the meter. And then our business management staff will uh, develop the final bill for the, the closing. Um, we also do a fair amount of marking out of our utilities for contractors that are working in town. And um, so staff will go out and locate water sewer lines and mark them out. And um, with a complex system, we have 38 sewer pump stations that have to be checked every single day. Mm -hmm. So that's seven days a week, 365 days a year, someone will go out, physically inspect the station, listen for any noises, make sure it's functioning, track hours to make sure that the uh, stations are operating properly. And same thing on the water side where we have the booster stations need to be checked every day to make sure the pumps are, are functioning properly. Mm -hmm. And um, they do a physical check of the tanks as well. So quite a bit going on. that you don't see. Yeah, certainly quite a bit going on and occasionally things can go wrong and during the, the week of June 26th we had uh, a pretty significant issue that you and your team had to tackle associated with one of our drinking water wells. Um, what, what can you tell us about that situation? So um, our 6-5 wells are... I was on vacation so you can get me up to speed. Uh, yeah, certainly. <laughs> so, so our 6-5 our well um, top producing well, we can, we can um, put out about 2,000 gallons a minute from that well. And um, back in October, we actually had a, a, a check valve in that well that, that went. And at that time, it was recommended to us to think about having a spare motor on, on the shelf because of the long lead times. And um, we've been working hard with two replacement wells, at uh, one at Home Farm and one at Sewell. And, um, our th uh, it just so happens that the, the new well coming online at, at Home Farm will be this week or early next week, um, which will afford us the, um, the capacity to be able to um, not to have to rely on that well quite as much. So, um, but with that well going down, we were able to bring a well contractor in. And um, what we learned is the motor that we had purchased to replace the one that was in the ground. Uh, the coupling was, was much different and it took us some time to work through getting the new coupling. In the meantime, we were able to get a, a spare motor and pump from the well company to give us you know, 450 gallons a minute. So we were able to, to make 3.9 million gallons of water a day and it just wasn't quite enough as we worked through those repairs. Um, 
so at that point, we decided um, that we wanted, wanted to open the Interconnect with Worcester, which is um, down on Route 20 and um, designed to do exactly what it did, just to provide water to us in the event of an emergency. In this instance, um, it was a good, uh, just a good, I think, test for the select board, all of the key leadership in the town manager's office, my staff, um, where it wasn't necessarily a critical emergency, we just wanted to, um, to, to have our tanks, give our tanks a little bit more water to ensure that we had enough, uh, enough supply for the town. So it was good to, to work through it. Uh, the city of Worcester was fantastic to work with and, and um, you know, we, we were very careful and, and we only opened it about 15%. But again, we were just looking for, you know, a few hundred thousand gallons of water a day just to offset our, our, um, our need, so. And now is this really what I have in my brain, what it actually is? So the city of Worcester's water main infrastructure and the town of Shrewsbury's water main infrastructure are connected, probably with a, you know, some level of separation between several valves and you're able to just literally open that and move water one way or another, is that right? So it can only be moved from Worcester to Shrewsbury okay. because their pressure is 20 to 30 pounds or more higher than ours. So um, you're exactly correct. There's um, three valves, there's also a, a meter vault so it's a metered connection. Um, and so those three valves need to be opened to allow water to flow into Shrewsbury. Interesting. So we were pretty successful in, in doing that. We're able to replenish our system during that time. And we, we certainly will, certainly were within a, a day and then um, we were able to get to the, uh, the replacement motor in, the coupling made and, and everything that needed to happen, happen. And now we're at the time period where we're almost ready to bring that new well online. We are, we're, we're getting very close. The, the pump and motor went in last Friday. Um, they tested it today. And um, there's a few other things they need to do before it gets final DEP authorization to be activated. That's great. So residents can, I guess at this point, rest assured that we have a continued stable water supply and we're already in the process of addressing that well. And it looks like it came up a week or two short from, from what we needed it to be. That's, Sometimes it's the way. Yeah, it's, that's how it happens. But um, well, thanks for all your work on that and keeping the, the water flowing literally uh, to the residents. So, um, you know, as things continue to get more complex and um, the, our scientific capability improves as far as what we can test and detect within uh, the drinking water supply, we're learning a lot about how good humans are at contaminating the earth and, and, and things like that. So uh, we've had a number of um, emerging contaminants uh, be brought to uh, the, the attention of the town that in some way influence or, or a part of our drinking water system here in Shrewsbury. Um, so I think it was in 2016 or 2015 sometime, uh, hexavalent chromium at very uh, minuscule levels was detected because of the town um, participating in uh, kind of, a, what's it called, an emerging, emerging, emerging contaminants? Unre unregulated, unregulated contaminants. UCMR. Yeah. So, I mean, that means that the town is voluntarily, voluntarily testing more than we actually need to just to better understand our drinking water system. Um, so we had that test and then in, in 2019, was it? Uh, PFOS was identified in our drinking water system um, as part of a statewide testing initiative. So um, maybe you can talk about those um, emerging contaminants and unregulated contaminants and, and what we've done and what we will be doing in the future to keep our drinking water safe. 
Yeah, so as you mentioned, the uh, hexavalent chromium was part of the um, unregulated contaminant monitoring rule, um, I think three back in 2015, um, where that was a, a test that uh, was done and it was detected at low levels. Uh, and we've, we've gone ahead, we've monitored since then. We haven't seen significant changes. And um, just to be proactive, we went ahead and, and pilot tested in the event that we needed to implement a treatment system, um, but at this point they have the, the levels haven't um, risen enough to consider that they're staying um, status quo. Mm -hmm. um, PFAS, we've seen a lot of change in the last, um, boy, five or six years. That was also under a UCMR. At the time, it was um, only detectable to micrograms per liter, parts mm -hmm. per billion, mm -hmm. and what's changed is it's now, um, since 2019, maybe 2018 late, it can be detected down to parts per trillion nanograms per liter. So in the summer of 2019, Shrewsbury volunteered to be one of a handful of communities to test their water for PFAS. And um, it was detected. And at the time there was really no, um, no regulation. There was a standard of 70 parts per trillion um, and Shrewsbury was, was uh, well below that. And then what's happened over the last few years, the MassDEP has uh, developed their regulation, which um, is the sum of six compounds they've identified mm -hmm. at 20 parts per trillion. And um, Shrewsbury has been below that consistently. Um, we fluctuate um, depending on the month up to maybe 16 parts in, in a couple months, all the way down to eight parts. Mm -hmm. So we've been consistently below the 20. Uh, what changed very recently is the EPA has a proposed regulation um, which could take effect in the late fall or by the end of the year is what they're saying. And, and they have a little bit different approach where they've identified PFAS and PFOA and they've put a limit of four parts per trillion independently for those compounds. And then there's a hazard index for four other compounds. So um, while we meet the mass DEP regulations, yeah. the, the EPA standard, we won't. And we, we miss it just by a little bit. I think we're probably five parts per trillion. So we've gone ahead to be proactive um, and really shifted gears to, to put the, the pieces in, in place that we need to, to start um, designing a treatment plant and then subsequently building a treatment plant um, in anticipation of that, uh, the regulation taking effect. So Dan, to a layperson like me, uh, how do you describe a part per trillion? What, how, how is that normally conveyed? And so there's a lot of different ways that uh, folks say it's a couple of drops in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. I always, I always look at it and say you have a trillion dollars in the bank and you take, I don't know, $15, $20 out to buy coffee. Mm -hmm. And you think of just how little that is in, with your trillion dollars in the bank. Right. I don't have a trillion in the bank, for the record. But twenty dollars out of that, yes, yeah, yeah. No, that's an interesting way to think about it as well. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, it's, it's an awful small amount, but obviously, um, we're using the standards that are set by the federal government, the state government, to ensure the ongoing public health. Um, and um, just wanted to commend you for your efforts in, in investigating that and finding a solution for it, because I, I think we're out ahead of where many communities are, even with PFAS. So it, it's it's a well-known challenge that nearly every public drinking water and private drinking water uh, system is facing or will be facing. And, and I think we're ahead of the curve uh, in, a, in comparison to most of our um, municipal colleagues out there. Um, 
So what, what do you see on the next two to three year horizon for that PFAS treatment plant? So we expect to go into design. Um, we're starting pre preliminary design just right now, just to look at the, the existing facility, what we have for room around um, the building to add. And then I see over the next year doing the, the design and going out to bid mm -hmm. and then construction starting um, in the following few years. So probably FY 25 and 26 for construction. Mm -hmm. And um, we're hoping that we're out ahead of it um, to at least mitigate as much as possible any supply chain issues, mm -hmm. recognizing that a lot of folks will need to right. build plants. Yeah, what will that look like? Something similar to what we physically have so in place already? Our existing treatment plant will stay um, in, in place. We'll be using the, the filters for the manganese and then this will be in addition to the, um, the treatment train where it will go into filters for, um, for the PFAS mm -hmm. before going into the distribution system. So it'll be another um, addition to the building we have. And so we're talking about construction of a new form of treatment kind of at the head end of our water system, but construction is really a part of your life and what it is that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. You had mentioned earlier, we have over 200 miles of, of water main and how many pump stations on the, on the water side? Uh, three booster stations. Three booster stations and six holding tanks. That's a lot of physical infrastructure. So how do we plan for the replacement of that? And, and what do you, what are our uh, major initiatives as we look to the future in just maintaining the existing system that we have? So uh, obviously with 200 miles of water main, we, um, we have an annual program to replace water main every year where we try, we do between 1.5 and two miles of water main. We, Obviously, like to do more, but it's it's costly. It's about two hundred to two hundred fifty dollars a foot. So um, that's an annual program, and and we spend a lot of time looking at you know different needs. If there's if there's um, any pressure issues or flow issues, and and especially where we may be having water main breaks, multiple mm -hmm. water main breaks, where um, you know the mains that are in the ground we've identified as um, needing to be replaced. So. And then we've done a, a what what is called an above ground asset program, and we've had our booster stations looked at by our engineers, and we have a, a, a program to replace some of the pumps and to keep those going. And we have um, also um, inventory on our storage tanks. So we have the Oak water storage tank that is in, in need of being rehabbed, which we plan to do in the next year. Okay, so a lot on the horizon in addition to that expansion of the, the treatment plant itself. So right. always something going on. Um, wh how does the, what's the department done recently or what's the ongoing uh, initiatives that you have with regards to water conservation and um, matters of sustainability since that's always a topic that, that we think about with the strategic plan? So um, that's been an ongoing effort since um, the mid 2000s of educating folks on um, the different plants that can be used. And, um, you know, we offer um, water reducing fixtures at the town halls. We have, we have shower heads, we have hose repair kits, we have um, little gauges to measure rain. So it's good for two inches. So you do have to dump it, you know, uh, the, the way the weather's been, you have to empty it every, uh, it seems like every day, at least, you know, maybe once or twice. So. Um, but then we're also really promoting the, um, the water use restrictions where folks 
um, you know, where the days they can water. And in particular, last year when we got into the drought, mm -hmm. we um, you know, had to implement more restrictions and residents were really good about adhering to, um, adhering to those, so. Interesting. Um, so I guess the, the final area that I want to touch on is we talked about the day-to-day -day operations and the, the testing that goes on at the treatment plant. How can residents learn more about our drinking water quality and, and what reporting are you required to do and when do you provide notice to residents and how would they get that type of information if they're interested in it? So every year we're required to provide a, a, a report. It's called a customer conference report and um, we have to issue it by the end of June. And once it's ready, we send a postcard out to all the residents with a direct link to the report. And in that, um, I, I start with a letter from me just talking about the year and the things we've done. And then it gets into some of the more specific, you know, testing that we did through the year um, with the different parameters for them to, to review. Okay. And so those are accessed all off of our, our website. Um, you can, can you review that full report from there or how does you, that work? You can review it from there or if you visit the second floor of the town hall, the DPW, we can get a, a paper copy to whoever would like one. That sounds great. Um, and so residents generally are able to uh, access information from your website and uh, sign up for email reports and follow social media if there's any emerging events that they would need to know. Um, and I know I think your department's probably the greatest user of Code Red as far as notifying residents as if a water main break occurs, which it does, you know, having 200 miles of main. So um, I think that's the, the details of the water system that we are really interested in going over and um, diving into today. Um, and I just, again, want to commend you. I know you have a really technical job and technical staff and we all work on a day-to-day -day basis to make our departments and divisions the, the best that we can and for the best local government in the world. So um, what makes the water division the best division in town? I, I think it's the, uh, the team that we have working for us, mm -hmm. um, the support of all of the residents and businesses that um, you know, we work with you know, um, throughout the year, and then obviously support of um, the town manager's office, all, all of the town employees and the select board. It's yeah. really a great, uh, a great community. Yeah, definitely is, gotta echo that. So we uh, love the best segment yeah, right? so we haven't we done the best in a while. We haven't done the best. It's a, it's a special segment that we only bring out for our special guests. So we're gonna throw you a curveball now, Dan. Okay. So what is the best summer cookout side dish? Like you're grilling in your backyard. Like what do you want? What's your go What do you side? want to have with your hamburger or your hot dog? Oh, it's gotta be a potato salad. Oh. Yeah, it has to have, yeah. Yeah, and, and very, I'm very open, but it, yeah, like, yeah, it has to be a potato salad, absolutely. What's your answer, Tim? I was gonna say potato salad too, but really? I'll change it to not be lame. I like pasta salad, like yeah. any kind of pasta salad. I'm there. I'll go for just nice corn on the cob. I like that. Do you grill it or do you boil it? Yeah, boil it, yeah, I'm yeah. not that fancy, you know. Well, sounds like a good it. cookout, though, between yeah. the <laughs> three side dishes. There's a lot of variety in the potato salad. What's the favorite for you, Dan? Anything special? 
I'm open. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. All, yeah. Surprise all me. All potato yep. salad. Yep. Yep. Well, that's good. Well, um, Dan, this has been uh, a lot of fun talking with you. We learned a lot about the drinking water system. We will have to have you back uh, to talk about the sewer system, which is Great. a big part of what you do mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis as well. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on here, and, and we will get you back in for those purposes. Um, this has been a, a fun way to start season two of the Town Manager Download. Uh, if you have any uh, questions or comments or program ideas for us, we're, we're open. You can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.